Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's a Thursday or a Friday or a Wednesday. I have no fucking idea. Today's but we got definitely a... Wednesday. This is definitely Wednesday, so definitely I got them all Wednesday. wrong. Yeah. We got a real cool guest on the other side of our Zoom. We got Super Bad playing in the background. I'm digging it. I'm digging yeah. it. <laughs> I can't believe the amount of energy you have after teaching a full eight-hour day today. You impressed me today, Mark. Yeah, man. I I was a uh, I had a group in person, and I also had a group over Zoom. So I was running back and forth. Had headset on. I felt very Britney Spears. I think that's why. Is Britney Spears? Who else uses headsets? I always compare myself to Britney Air, Spears Air, when Air I wear. Dalton. There you go. <laughs> it's like yeah. Safe bet. Safe bet. You always compare. I always compare myself to Britney Spears Why? when I wear the headset. Well, oh, one, I love, I love Britney. No, not in general. I'm nothing like Britney Spears in real life. Who else wears headsets <laughs> when they sing? Um, I'm sure lots of performers, especially ones who dance, like any pop star who dances, I'm sure wears a headset. I don't think so. I don't think they all wear headsets. Then what do they do? They hold microphones. While they're dancing? Some of them. Some of them. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of them wear headsets. Like, for example, I'm pretty sure Lady Gaga holds a microphone. Probably. But she's like, yeah, she's hard. She might be actually singing. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, don't hate on Britney. I'm I'm protective of my Britney. Doesn't she boogie around too, though, Lady Gaga? I've never seen her live. She definitely dances. But like, for example... Pink doesn't she like fly through the air and do like aerial like I'm acrobatics? I'm certain Pink the majority of the time has a handheld mic. Even when she's doing her acrobatics, I think so. I gotta look. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. She is like fucking incredible. Like everything about her. If I'm gonna emulate anyone, I want to be that woman. Seriously, I believe you. Can, you. you can like fly through the air and still sing like that. I want to be her. Britney Spears. Britney Spears Rock plays talent. with giant snakes. I don't want to do that. <laughs> weird this is a pointless conversation on a wednesday first of all our whole podcast is is, is centered around pointless conversations no, so don't say that let's we have just a new em- guest. let's embrace it i keep tuning in for the pointless conversation exactly it's, it's great that's why you right. tune in. well hey everyone it's amanda and i'm going to move on from the pointless conversation we have john on our zoom who is a cmt what is that certified massage therapist certified massage therapist in california to give a little bit of backstory, um, John added both uh, myself and Mark on Facebook and invited us to join a Facebook group. So we joined this Facebook group and we realized like this guy is like super passionate about the massage therapy community and bringing people together and sharing ideas and self-care and, you know, just honestly, probably one of the most supportive people I've ever met online. Like right away, <laughs> he was sending us messages like podcast is great. Love what you guys are doing. And, you know, we told him like, hey, we also started this new thing with massage therapy media and he immediately added it to his group and I was like who is this guy like what is he doing <laughs> so I said you want to come on the podcast and talk about what your game plan is what's your goal what you're trying to do with uh, the massage therapy community and here we are on a Wednesday but before you do that give me your favorite song that either has California in its title or is about California oh man that's a tough one um so uh, Hotel California is a good one. Okay. You oh, know, that's the Eagles, so good. right? Yeah, 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 that's a good so call. Good. good call. You know, Amanda, I, mean, I play a little guitar as well. So, uh, nice. You know, it's it's nice to stick with the acoustic sometimes. Right on. Amanda, yours? I had like six songs go through my head, like but what? I keep like coming what? back. Give me all six. I had like Red Hot Chili Peppers going through my head. I had. Yeah, I'm like, I guess it doesn't really. Danny California. California. Which one? <laughs> um, actually, Californication was the first one that went through okay. my mind. Then Tupac. California Love? Yeah, that was the second okay. one that went through my Very head. Nice. Then there was Very Katy nice. Perry. Katy Perry. Uh, what's the I don't know song? what it's called. It, I may even. 
might even just be California Girls. I don't California know. California Girls, yes. And then there Bruno was like, Mars uh, did a really cool cover of that song, by the way. Oh, he really? was on some sort of radio program and he was there with his band and they did like a an acoustic version of that song just kind of on the spot. Obviously, it just went full on the spot, but nonetheless, it, it was actually really good. Cool. Uh, what else went through my head? Uh, Beach Boys. California um, Girls? Yeah. <laughs> so, I wish they all could be yeah. California Girls. <laughs> as soon as you said California, I was like, all the California songs I could think of. I nice. think I think those exactly. are the, the main ones that came to me. But then I was like, I keep going back to the Tupac song. So I'm going to put that as my number one. Cool. Right yeah. on. Cool, cool, cool. All right, How about so you? You didn't answer the question. Uh, going to California, Zeppelin. Oh. Oh, ah. such a, oh. That's a good song. You're going way back. Yeah. I'm old. What do you want? <laughs> all right. Sorry. Sorry. Let's do this. So let's start. <laughs> Let's start with an introduction. So, John, for people listening who have not met you online yet, um, a little bit about you, how long you've been practicing as a massage therapist and you know your journey up to this point. And then we'll get into how you decided that I'm going to I'm going to make my mark in this profession. Yeah, it's it was a crazy journey. Um, and uh, I think, you know, a lot of healing practitioners have a similar journey. And it started out with uh, an injury. I was in a car accident, essentially in like 2001. And I uh, had some pretty significant soft tissue damage from that and like sciatica pain. And, you know, I was in pretty bad shape for quite a while. And I had no idea about massage therapy. You know, I did the physical therapy and, you know, obviously self-medication, you know, in here in California, there's a lot of uh, anti-inflammatories, you know, that grow on trees and lots of weed smoking and stuff like that. We're in, we're in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We can relate. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's, uh, uh, I did what I, I did what I could for the better part of my, like my twenties to just uh, push through the pain. And there were some days where I just like, couldn't even get out of bed. There was just so much resistance. And, um, my sister referred me to a massage therapist, um, who was retired. She was like in her sixties and just had all of this experience and had started doing massage when she was in her twenties. And I found myself uh, on her table, um, you know, pretty much in, in really bad shape, just didn't know what to do. And uh, I walked out of that 90 minute session feeling better than I had in the last 10 years. And I was just like, why hadn't I known about this sooner? Why, why this doesn't make sense. And I had a few more sessions with her and like, by the end of my treatment sessions, I had, I was just like this, I have to do this. This is what I have to do. If, if this practice can make me feel the way that I do right now, after being in pain for a decade, like that's what I want to do for people. See, that fascinates me. And I, I, I always say this because I am not like that at all. Right. I'm like, oh, that was great. I loved it. That was awesome. I feel good. Cool. And it's not like I want to go do it. Like I'll go somewhere and have a really good steak. And it's not like suddenly I, I want to be a cook or a chef. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'll have the yeah. best drink ever. It's not like, man, I want to be a bartender now. So I, I'm not like that at all. And it fascinates me when someone is so moved by something, they're like, I need to do this too. Or I need to at least learn what this is about further. But and you can, I'm blown but you away can understand it. it though, right? Because yeah, when you were, yeah, it. when you were me. in massage therapy school, one of the things that you said was you had massage teachers that made you think like, I know it was not like that. I'm so moved by this. It was like I can do a better job than you. I'm coming for your job. Well, yeah, that but was you can. For me, like for example, if you remember when we first um, had our first experience with uh, a midwife. After our first thought child. I you were going to say something so different, but okay. No. We'll go it midwife. Was first experience wink, with the midwife. Wink, midwife. <laughs> Enough. Uh, and I was like, I I feel like I 
could have done that. And after like the second time you actually said to me and you probably don't remember this, but you're like, maybe you missed your calling. Maybe like you should have. Yeah, I just mean, I think I think you would like that. that, that Yeah, but I was I was like really fascinated by everything they did. And I was like, maybe like that was a path I should have went down. So I can't understand it. But I knew you were going to say that when he was talking about I don't I don't I my mind doesn't work that way. So when anyone else tells me theirs does, I'm like, wow, that's fucking I think you have to have something in you already. And like massage therapy is John first described it as like a, you know, a healing type of profession. I think there already has to be a little bit of you that wants to work with people and in that kind of realm. And then when you, you know, end up on a a massage table and you felt like shit for 10 years and they make you feel better, you're like, well, that's the part of the healing profession that I want to be. Um, did you mention in that story, if you did, I'm sorry, maybe my brain is half not here. I was in a house with yeah, four no screaming children all afternoon. Um, <laughs> did you mention what you were doing professionally? No. Before? No. Okay. So what were you no, doing before? Not. So so I think Mark mentioned like, you know, steak and, and bartending. Well, I was already in the food industry and I was also, I had also been a bartender at that time. So I, I checked those off the list and I had to move on. Um, but uh, yeah, I was in, uh, you know, the service industry. I spent uh, most of my twenties in the service industry also loved it. Um, you know, uh, wasn't taking life too seriously, had a bunch of friends who were also in the service industry and, you know, by nature, we just had a good time all the time. Uh, when we were at work, we were working together and, uh, several people that I've known for most of my life also worked at that restaurant. And, uh, we would go back to, uh, the, you know, apartment that everybody would go back to and barbecue and have some beers. And, you know, it was just a a regular thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so not a bad time, not a bad time, but definitely just had this, uh, thing hanging on, uh, in the background, which was like chronic pain, which, you know, you can, you can self-medicate forever, but, you know, uh, once I knew that there was a possibility of permanent relief. Um, that was all that my mind was was focused on. Wow. Did you ever think, okay, so you, two things I want to ask. One, you said there's a possibility of permanent relief. Um, yeah. You know, as a therapist, somebody coming in to see me with chronic pain, I expect that they will likely walk out feeling better. But with, sure. with somebody, you know, is coming to me for a first time treatment, I typically telling them, this doesn't mean you're going to feel better tonight. This doesn't mean you're going to feel better tomorrow. You know, like I, I want them to be prepared that this may not be super long lasting effects at first, especially because you're a new patient to me. I don't quite, you know, know everything about your body yet. We got to sure, do some things. Sure. And so when you left that therapist treatment space and you were feeling amazing, how long did the relief last? Like, did you, was this like a long lasting type of thing? Did you have to go back very yeah. regularly? I, I'm just very yeah. curious. Yeah. So I think my philosophy with, with massage therapy is creating a break in the routine. And that's the routine of chronic pain, because if you can create a break, then there's possibility of extending that in between. Yeah. And for me, it was, it was, it was a long process. It wasn't just going to that therapist. I went to that therapist, realized there was potential. And then went to massage therapy school where I still uh, suffered from mobility issues and like, you know, had to find therapists who were willing to do the work that was necessary because, you know, you're in school, everybody doesn't know really what to do. Uh, You know, sometimes I would bug the teachers like, hey, I I got all this stuff going on uh, from this car accident. I mean, you mind like taking a look, showing me what's going on? I'd love to know this process of uh, relieving 
tension in the muscle tissue. And it was really tough because it was all like, you know, psoas, iliacus, hip flexor, uh, pretty much everything from my right knee to my last rib would contract and just become like a brick. It would, it would be just become solid. So there's a lot of guarding, uh, you know, burning at the glute, uh, sciatic pain, obviously tons of nerve stuff. And, um, it did take a long time. So even all the way receiving massage through massage school, there was still more to be done after. And I formed a group of people who were willing to trade on a weekly basis. So essentially I received massage once a week for two years after I graduated. And after, you know, that process, I had zero pain. <laughs> but you saw the potential in it right from the beginning. That's Did you do anything cool. else other than massage in that time? Or was it strictly massage that was the, the therapeutic intervention? Strictly massage was the therapeutic intervention. Because I had always been active. I mean, I, you know, I go hiking and, you know, I, I, I like to live a pretty active lifestyle. Um, and, but, but massage was the thing. And specifically, like myofascial therapy, I'm not sure if that's what you call it up there, but, um, you know, really detail work. Uh, moving the tissue and um, not the traditional like deep tissue grind away trigger point type stuff, but consistent, um, just consistent movement, like mm -hmm. weekly basis, moving the same area, really trying to reprogram that, that nerve response, that nerve communication. And uh, it was crazy because, you know, my my whole right hip would, would burn to touch. And, uh, I'd have, I would, I would have sciatica nerve pain at least, you know, three, four times a year. And uh, I haven't in the better part of a decade. You know, like I can backpack now where when I initially was in the accident, I couldn't walk upstairs. My favorite thing about massage therapy is actually that way. You just said getting a break from whatever it is. So I had a woman come in to see me who had been dealing with chronic pain for like some ridiculous amount of time. Like you had said yours was going on for about 10 years. She was at least that. Yeah. And she'd been to every every type of practitioner you could imagine. And it was at the point where doctors were just telling her, and I've, I've actually talked about her on another episode before, but she was at the point where doctors were just telling her, that there really wasn't much they could do other than, you know, continue taking painkillers and anti-inflammatories or whatever. But also yeah. um, they kept saying to her, you just need to lose weight. So but she was at the point where she was like, well, how do I lose weight when my body can't move? Like I'm in so right. much pain that going yep. for a 15 minute yep. walk with my husband like puts me out and I'm, you know, flat on my back the whole next day. How do I then lose weight? And so when she came to see me, it was through referral. She wasn't feeling too great about it because she'd been to everybody else. What would make me any different, right? And mm -hmm. I basically told her, like, let's forget about, like, let's not even think about, like, long term right now, right? Like, let's look at some short term relief for you, right? You know, because at that moment, she was just so defeated and feeling so shitty about everything. And so I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. And so the first treatment she walked out of here, like you said, and she was like, I don't know that I have felt this good in whatever X amount of years. And again, I told her that, you know, you may start to feel some pain come back tonight, tomorrow, I'm, I'm not sure. But I'm happy that I could give you some relief. And I gave her very, very simple home care, simple, simple, simple. Next time yeah. she came to see me, it was the same idea. She got some relief. She was doing the simple home care. And honestly, that break at least lifted her spirits enough that she was willing to do the exercises I was giving her. Every other doctor, physio, whatever, who was saying, you need to exercise, you need to lose weight. She's like, but I'm in too much pain. 
So something like massage that was able to like just bring down the pain a little bit so she would actually move a bit was really freaking cool. So does she exercise now? Um, She stopped coming to see me during COVID and never came back. Which was very sad. Her friend that referred her to me still comes. Why sad? She's well. She became um very very scared to go to any type of what she deemed as unnecessary appointments. She's immunocompromised, and it's so hard. Yeah, the COVID thing really put a wrench in 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 all of that process. (laughs) It did, you know, and even with masking and. Uh, protocols and whatever like she just was one of the people that were just not comfortable being in such close quarters with somebody for so long and then i think it just got to a point where she had been gone so long that she just didn't come back Hmm. i mean i had a client today who wouldn't shake my hand before i was going to touch them for an hour so yeah (laughs) you know everybody Everybody has their things. And it's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. You know? No, I'm not going to touch your hands. Wait it a second. It was like that. <laughs> it was like, nope, I don't do that anymore. But I'll go ahead and hop in a yeah. closed room yeah. with you for an hour yeah. and, and then breathe you can, in your You hands. can massage my hands. <laughs> 100 percent. that's it though that's it that's seriously it's like all right all right i'm not gonna even i didn't even take a break i was just like yeah sure let's go all right. sounds good and you get into the room you're like uh so what are you looking to do today you know my hands really bugging me how about we just focus on hands today i do that sure. often actually i have a mechanic and a plumber that i i just work on their hands half an hour on each hand sometimes that's awesome oh yeah, yeah. you got to keep people keep people going yeah I, my, my philosophy is uh keep you doing what you love right yeah on, absolutely so the other question i had was i mean i guess you've sort of answered it but being that you had this chronic pain where you said like it hurt to touch your hip yeah. Did yeah, it yeah. ever scare you that you weren't going to be physically able to work as a massage therapist? Were you ever concerned about actually having to work on other people's bodies while yours was essentially falling apart? Yeah. I mean, um, yes. While I was in school, um, there were some times where even I would just like have, you know, some shoulder pain. I mean, the hip pain was chronic. So I was like, that's just a new normal. Right. And I had pushed through a bunch of different jobs while gritting my teeth and just pushing through the pain. Um, but yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. I, I mean, you know, I, I keep a pretty active lifestyle, but I don't do anything excessive. Like I stopped skateboarding, uh, you know, just cause I'm old now too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm not trying to take myself out, but, uh, there's a lot of things that I don't do in order to reduce the chances of, of injury. Uh, cause I love doing massage therapy. I don't ever want to stop doing massage therapy. Uh, I'd like to uh, evolve the practice uh, if I can. But um, yeah, I mean, I worry about that. I think even today without having any pain, uh, COVID, I think was the, 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 the thing that really took me out. That was pretty sad for about a year and a half. And, um, you know, I would have loved to keep going because I signed a three-year lease on my office right before the shut down so mm. you know that's always fun <laughs> how long were you unable to work um well it was uh it was a it was a unable and then well uh, so i had i had actually moved to a different state during the pandemic so um it was like december 2019 i signed the three-year lease march 2020 was the the shutdown uh but my wife was pregnant at the time we were due in august and like i wasn't working she's a teacher she was working remotely and we were in a pretty heavily populated area i mean we were really conservative 
Uh, we also have a doctor in the family who was advising us just to really mm. take the most precaution because he was working with COVID, COVID patients. Mm. And uh, I mean, we didn't we didn't go outside for like a month. It was so incredibly like conservative. Mm. It was just crazy, crazy stuff. Really hardcore. I'm I'm it was you know one of those things. Um, but yeah, I didn't work for probably about a year and a half. I'd say because we had to move back from New Mexico after the baby was born. We had a brand new baby. Uh, and then my wife went back to work and then I was the primary caretaker for my daughter. And then we couldn't go out because the pandemic was still going on. It was a lot to juggle. It was oh a lot to juggle. Goodness. It's still taken a lot to, to put things back together, but uh, you know, working in that direction. Yeah. I think everybody in some way is rebuilding. We were having a team meeting last night and talking about just how we're in this like rebuilding phase now, because the last two years, everything got torn to shit. What was the analogy you used? Everything the, turned to rubble. No, well, I use a couple <laughs> analogies. Uh, the first one I was like, we, we, we fired the general manager we fired the head coach and now we're rebuilding the team. Yeah. So let's not, we're not expecting to win a championship this year. Right. We're just trying right. to, we're just no, trying definitely. to, we're just trying to get a, a good solid starting lineup. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? That type of thing. Um, I do have a couple of things that I just want to ask you really quick on this because I wasn't, I wasn't a, 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 a lock myself up COVID guy. Yeah. And I'm curious about someone that might've been, when you look back at it now, in retrospect, do you ever think, hmm, did I really need to do that? Or do you ever look back at it and go, that was the best fucking decision I could have ever made? And I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely curious on that one. I needed to do it because I was working with the information I was given. And the information that I was given was directly from someone who was working with COVID patients right. and receiving that communication. Um, did I personally want to do things differently? Absolutely. I am not the stay in type of person. Like I said, I prefer to be outside. I don't even watch television. Uh, you know, I'll watch Netflix uh, maybe once a month to catch up on, uh, you know, uh, a show or a movie, right. but uh, I'm outside most of the time and, or, you know, playing music, uh, uh, hanging out, being social, uh, I am never, never, never inside unless I am uh, hanging out with my family. And even then, like I take my daughter on hikes pretty much every day. So. so this was really different for you. Oh, it was the worst. I mean, I couldn't do massage. I couldn't go outside. I Nothing you, know, nothing, nothing you loved you, you could do. Oh, geez. Yeah. And it's funny, Mark, Mark was not the lock yourself up COVID guy, but our lifestyle is very like him and I are kind of hermits anyway. We're homebodies. So nice. there was well, points where we kind of <laughs> looked at each other and we're like not minimizing anybody's like stress at the time, <laughs> but we're like, our lifestyle hasn't changed. We don't go <laughs> out is this, anyway <laughs> is this a bad thing that we're comfortable with this? <laughs> <laughs> it might have it been <laughs> and the other thing that i wanted to i wanted to drop a comment on if, if working in pain sucks and it's the biggest mind fuck because yeah. because I, I like i have i have some really bad injuries and they flare up every once in a while and it hasn't happened in a long time but when, but you also still have pain every yes, day. Yes, but I mean, I'm talking about like when my herniated disc is in flare-up and I'm mm. presenting with an extension bias posture and I got to go to work yeah. to massage 
this motherfucker who's coming in because his shoulder kind of hurts. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and, I, and, and I can't even stand up straight. And I'm like, if yeah. this is the biggest mind fuck ever, because you're going to walk out of here. I know you are. And you're going to feel fabulous. And I just helped you feel fabulous. And I'm fucking feeling like shit. And now I feel fucking worse in the process of making you feel fabulous. It is the biggest mind fuck ever, but you still feel good about it at the end of the day. It's just, it's, well, a, that's the it's a weird fucking that's go. That's the thing, you know, is what do you, what's your philosophy? Because you can look at any situation in all kinds of different perspectives. And it's like, why are you a massage therapist? You know, are you, is your intention to help people? Are you sacrificing yourself sometimes to uh, give to somebody else who might not be in the most pain, but you are the person, you are the medium that can help them. They are coming to you. And in that moment, you're the only one that they're going to see. You're like that, that crossroads for them. Like there's no other person that's going to do the work except for you. You've made that choice and put yourself into that time and place. Yep. Even when I was massively pregnant, I would remember certain clients coming in and they would almost like feel bad. Like I feel bad. They were like, you're going to, I'm like nine months <laughs> pregnant. I'm like, don't worry. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, totally fine. It's not going to be today. <laughs> I wonder if anyone were like, yeah, I want the pregnant lady, please. <laughs> yeah, her. The one, that no, looks, I think... the one that looks like her feet hurt. Yeah, I want I want her for, I think for 90 minutes. Any of my regulars. <laughs> it's, like the forehand, it's like the forehanded massage, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, any of my regulars, like, obviously, they knew I was pregnant. But if there was, like, a new person coming in, my favorite part of greeting a new person when I was humongously pregnant was watching their face like, you're going to massage me. I'm like, yeah, I'm totally Honestly, fine. I would, I, would, I would probably feel bad in the moment and I would probably change my game plan about what I wanted done. And I would go a route that was the least exhaustive for the therapist. That's very kind that. of you. Did I, I ever tell that. the story of the woman? It was my last day of work. Oh my God, John, I, can't, I, I want to see like both of your reactions to this. This is my last day of work before going on maternity leave. My due date was in two weeks. So um, I did that strategically because I was due the middle of July. So I paid my rent at this clinic up till the end of June. And I was like, okay, starting um, 1st of July, I'm, I'm done. So I'm going into my last appointment and I'm so happy. Like I'm on maternity leave. I've now got two weeks before the baby's born. I'm so excited. I'm even expressing my excitement to the chiropractor at the office. And like there's other patients around. They're hearing me. They're like, oh, we're going to miss you. And I'm like I, I'm going to miss you guys too. But like I'm so happy. So I go in with my last patient. I come out. One of the patients that was sitting in the waiting room at the time squeezed her fucking selfish ass <laughs> into uh, the tiny little half hour slot that still existed oh, at the end of my day. Sucker. I was wow. like, are you joking? Are you that joking? <laughs> like, can would you ever do that? I was like, and now I have to go in and like give you a good treatment, right? Like I I was like, I have to be professional energy in this work. moment, half but I'm like, oh, I was, I was just livid. Like, is this really happening? <laughs> yeah. It was, it was really happening. I mean, the Literally good news is, the good news is our baby totally kicked her in the head. Nice. My belly was that big when I would do head, neck, shoulders, the, the baby, baby would did. kick her in the head. Wink, wink. It was the baby. It was the baby. The baby knew. The baby knew. <laughs> the baby. She's a freaking eight-year-old now anyway yeah, i feel i feel really Holy bad about moly that. i would i would be like okay i'm just gonna pick a body part where you can just sit for the whole time <laughs> you know what i mean i'd be like hands let's just do hands let's just do scalp, hands. scalp massage 30 minutes 
<laughs> there you go. Unbelievable. So when did you actually start practicing? John? We, we, you know, I know you said through your your 20s, you were sort of working in the service industry. How long have sure. you been a massage therapist now? I have been a massage therapist officially since uh, 2013. That's when I graduated. Although, I mean, I'd worked on like a thousand clients while I was in school. We had a great student clinic that I would work at uh, basically Monday through Friday. And I loved it. That was, you know, really inspiring and really gave me a lot of experience that I needed to feel confident uh, once I graduated. And I'll always remember my first client. She was, um, you know, probably in her mid 60s and then had come in with like, you know, a broken arm or like it was like a fractured humerus or something like that. I couldn't exactly remember and was Ukrainian and didn't speak any English. And she came in with her daughter and it was my job to, like somehow translate and uh, work with her. And she loved me so much that she came in once a week and, uh, you know, requested me. And even though they didn't allow people to request like students, I got to work with her the whole time that I was a student. And, you know, by the end, she was just so happy moving her arm at full range of motion. You know, we did all this kind of stuff without actually communicating. Um you know, it was one of those things that I'll, I'll, I'll probably never forget. But yeah, I've been, been working since 2013. Uh, did, uh, you know, the, the corporate thing and the, the very popular um, massage therapy, uh, what is it, corporate brand. Mm. I don't want to plug anybody, but <laughs> I did some of those corporate brands. There's only so many of them, we can guess. Yeah, exactly. The, the big one everyone's jealous of. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, that was good. <laughs> And then uh, uh, did a, let's see, I worked with a, a friend of mine from school to uh, build a brand and that that eventually crumbled and I started my own business in uh, July 4th, 2017. And I've, I've had my own office since then and I've absolutely loved it. Why did that partnership uh, blow up? Man, you know, I wanted to uh, expand. I wanted to uh, expand his brand, the brand that we built. He asked me on uh, as a therapist, um, and I helped him build a a great team. And uh, I mean, I was, you know, in charge of all kinds of stuff while while he was gone. He was technically the owner, but uh, I was there, you know, day in and day out, working to make the place better, putting my blood, sweat, and tears in it. And uh, when it came time to like you know, say, Hey, I want, I want my own clinic. I want to make this happen. I'd be happy to carry the brand over and like, let's, let's keep on growing. He's like, actually, this is my brand. And, uh, you know, we're going to do things the way I want to do it. And that's about it. So I had to, I had to just go my own way. Cause that's how that goes. When something like that happens, does it end a friendship too, or is it only ending a business relationship? Definitely ended the friendship because it got real sloppy when I started to um, hint that I was going to be leaving, you know, so much so that, you know, I wasn't getting paid on time kind of thing. Whoa. Oh. Whoa. That's not cool. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you can only deal with so much of that and it gets real unprofessional real fast and. Uh, there were a lot of other things that, you know, or don't even like need to be talked about, but it was just, it got real sloppy. And then, uh, you know, that, that business no longer exists and it's, that's totally fine. I got out when I needed to get out and, uh, tried to help as many people on the way out as possible. And, um, you know, I run a very different, uh, operation now, I think very sustainable, 
uh, obviously like I survived COVID and it was only because, um, I believe in the empowerment, uh, um, model as, as, as opposed to the employment model, which, which just means, you know, I like people to, uh, uh, utilize the space to build their businesses. They don't have to stick around forever. Uh, but I like to have a foundation for people to grow. Which makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're a therapist yourself and you don't want somebody standing over you and telling you how to do your treatments and run your business and do all this stuff all the time. We've had so many clinic owners and people on talking about, you know, what makes a a good leader. And that's a huge one is empowerment. People are going to want to work and build the business and bring in new clients if they're really happy there, right? And they're not going to go anywhere. One place I worked at, I remember when I started, the newest therapist that was there, I mean, other than me, had been there for like eight years. Like everybody was like 10, 15 plus years at this place. And to me, that's a really good sign. They could go elsewhere. Massage therapists are crazy in demand, but they were choosing to stay here. So it was like, yeah. that tells me something, right? Definitely. Yeah, that, that's, it's really key. And, um, you know, the industry can be tough. Uh, you can find yourself in some pretty bad spots. Uh, I worked for a chiropractor for a couple of days who, you know, literally only used me for lead generation and gave me a prompt uh, of how to, um, you know, talk to somebody when they first come in. And like, literally the prompt was like, poke here. And then tell them, ooh, do you feel that? Isn't that painful? And then be like, well, you got to get a chiropractic adjustment. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, That's... all right, you know, I get what you're doing here. And like, I don't know if I could be a part of it. So, And you know how much, I mean, that sound, that that type of scripting is, is something that you've gone through some sort of programming. You've paid thousands of dollars to some sort of guerrilla marketing company that yep. teaches you how to, how to do these scripts and, and, yep. and close these deals. Such a so sad go. It's eh? such a weird go. Yeah. Well, I think it just makes things harder for the general public. I mean, when you go in to seek out help, I mean, you're probably in a desperate situation. You're in pain. You want to land in somebody's care that's actually has incentive to to help you with that with that pain, and not just like you know run you through the mill, work your insurance, and then uh, say, hey, well, that's all that I can do after that. $2,000 package. I'm going to ask you a hypothetical then. Say this yeah. chiropractor was like the greatest therapist ever, right? Like absolutely. Actually. Absolutely. If, if they were actually the best therapist ever, cool. But they do have this 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 whole thing where they 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 get they're kind of being predatory where they bring people in and the the whole script thing but in actuality like they're actually a really good therapist so you're getting the client to go see them from an unethical side but it actually works out to the client's benefit does that still result in kind of like an undesirable action at this moment is it still considered undesirable what's the benefit though i mean is it is this like a this is like a miracle worker. Are they going to touch? No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, <laughs> I'm saying, like, for example, this person that's on your table, 
they probably, they do need some sort of care. That's why they're here. Cool. And you sink your finger into that spot and like, ooh, that, that hurts, doesn't it? You should probably get chiropractic. And, but this person actually needs it. And this chiropractor is actually a really good chiropractor who can really help. So you might have roped them in through an unethical way, but they ended up receiving something to a high benefit to them. Is this whole action now considered to be unethical, even though they benefited big time at the end? So I know this is a hypothetical and I'm, I'm going to ruin it. I don't know that the two consist, <laughs> can exist simultaneously. They? And I'm going to tell you why. Sure. Because I, I, don't, I don't believe that a, an actual quality good therapist who is working in the patient's best interest and is actually treating things the way they need to be treated is going to simultaneously be using scams like push here and have them come in and tell them you need um you know then i need to see you for the next four months three times a week like i don't think those things are going to happen because somebody who is actually a really great chiropractor and is going to help a patient will just have them come in and they're going to the results are going to speak for themselves. They don't need to use the scams. Like I just don't see the two Absolutely. existing simultaneously. I know it's a hypothetical and I tried so hard. That's why I sat here so quietly and I was like I'm, I can't I can't play this game because this game would never happen in real life. It's a unicorn. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think I, don't know. I think it can happen in real life. I think it I think can if too. You do get lazy. You can't have great therapists. You can't have great chiropractors. And I think um you know there are people who maybe lose their edge, lose their touch with communication maybe something happens in their own life where they used to be a great therapist they know all of these things and they somehow they make a mistake or fall off or get an injury and they need to keep producing for some reason i think there's a big draw there's an ego thing there that you know you still want to be able to help people as much as possible you okay. think that's going to be the thing but you know so i had more time i had more time to think about the it ends doesn't justify the means but is what I, you're saying i don't i don't think so but okay. I had more time to think about it okay. and I'm changing my answer <laughs> okay. because years ago I knew a chiropractor. Right. I myself had been to him for treatment and I actually really liked him. Right. And he was actually a really wonderful person. He had zero confidence when it came to communication okay. and actually dealing with patients, but he was overly confident in his hands-on skills, which were fine because his hands-on skills were actually really good. Right. He ended up actually hiring someone right. because his business was suffering. Right. Even though I was like, you're good. Yes. But mm. but you're awkward. Okay. Like you're good, yeah. but you don't yeah. know how to talk to the people. So he hired someone to help with the communication side. The person he hired was scripting every minute of his day. Right. So he started going by the scripts. But you know why it wasn't working for him? Because he was actually a good guy and he was a good chiropractor and he didn't he didn't believe in the scripts. The scripts weren't See, working now, because now, it was bullshit. Now, what if you <laughs> I'm just trying to find out where the line is, where I know, not me, but that therapist knows I, I have the capability of helping a lot of people. And maybe these people don't recognize that I have this capability. And maybe I got to persuade them a little bit. But at the end of the day, the results are going to be fabulous for them. Is that horrible? When you persuade somebody, you're still... <sighs> dabbling in deception yes and yes if you, you if you educate that's different than persuasion mm. if you present okay. information that's different I'm than just, persuasion i'm just asking even the how, even how john's saying questions. it let's all be honest yes go ahead. yes we educate our patients but let's okay before anybody says we hate mail <laughs> yes let's all be honest 
We've all as therapists been slightly manipulative when we know that we know that they don't know that they need us. <laughs> so we've all sure. sort of like maybe spoken in a way, twisted our words in a way to say like, you know, this is what we can do. Let's try this. Or even like I've I've admitted openly on the podcast before where like I'll be working with someone. I'm like, wow, that just feels so much better. Oh, that's looking so great. And I mean, it may be that I've felt some improvement, but I also just want them to like get on board with like, okay, yeah, there's some improvement. Because I know, know that they're taking the lead from you. Yeah. And I know that if we stick with this treatment plan, I'm going to get you somewhere. So mm. yes. Okay, fine. So maybe I so have. So where's the line I've, then? I've, I've used the education and I've never lied, but I've used it in a way to be a little manipulative. So where, where is that line? Where is that line for well, the, you? The line is one, you can't lie. Like I've never lied to a patient. You can't lie. So, I mean, if you're telling somebody like you're going to need this much treatment, but right. like you're just pulling a number out of your ass. Like I wouldn't lie, <laughs> but I would, de I would I definitely. Weird vision of numbers coming out of your butt. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> this is, this is the tricky part it's though, Wednesday. because I've met therapists who have lied to themselves about their own potential talent. Yes. And this is the hard part is people believe that what they're doing is therapeutic and it's horrible. It's horrible. So, so, I've seen it firsthand. But so then is the not, person horrible just, if they truly believe it? Right. So if, if <laughs> but if, they if, believe if, it. So it's yeah. like they're not, you know, they're not technically no doing anything wrong. You'll have so many people say it's all about intent. It's all about intent. Well, my intent here is, is pure. It's it's fucking way out in left field, but it's pure. Yeah. Then then where do I stand here? Yeah, I think the yeah. line is um Massage being, therapy and philosophy. Being eh? genuine, like being authentic, not lying. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, in the in certain cases where I know like a person is looking for something from me, like they're looking like, is this getting better? Is this getting better? Sure. Have I, you know, have I said to somebody like, oh, this is feeling so much better and maybe like okay. over exaggerated it because I want their spirits to get up and continue with the treatment plan? Sure. Like that has happened. The whole thing on some level is somewhat persuasive. When uh, when someone refers a patient to you because you are good at this treatment or you're great with these conditions and injuries or you're a specialist in this, that alone is persuasive. Right. That alone is persuasive. We might not see it that way immediately, but when you dig deep, that's, you're, that's persuasive. I wish that someone would have persuaded me sooner to get help when I was in pain because I went through it for 10 years. And I think at some point you do need some direction. Mm. And I don't know if massage therapy has the best PR. Um, I think it, at least here in the States, uh, there's so much variance. There's so much, you know, there's such a spectrum of, of skill and mm -hmm. uh, intention that it's, you could take any person of the general public who gets massage on a regular basis and they will have such a spectrum of, um, you know, mm, what they're feeling in every massage that they receive uh, that, you know, may or may not actually produce results. But I think most people who believe massage therapy uh, is for, uh, you know, relaxation and possibly pain relief. And plenty of people claim to be able to help with those things just because they're a massage therapist, but that doesn't mean they're doing the job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Massage and philosophy. Mm. We went to a wedding last That's week, John. Is. And uh, 
don't ask why it's a long story, but two of my high school teachers <laughs> were at this wedding. <laughs> awesome. And uh, Mark struck up a conversation with one of my old high school teachers and I'm sitting at this wedding, you know, I've, I've had Stone far too many tree. glasses of wine, champagne, whatever. And Mark and my old history teacher are having an entire philosophical conversation. He was, I was just, <laughs> I just fed into it. He was having a conversation with himself. They were going deep. <laughs> They're going deep into well, philosophy. I, I, I asked a very legit question. I wanted to know what everyone's answers were. I'll ask you. I'll ask you the question. Sure, sure, so sure. I'm sitting around, I, I'm, we're sitting outside on a patio deck area. And there are two, four, six. There were six people. There were, there were six or seven people around me. And mm -hmm. there are three different conversations that are happening around me. And I'm not participating in any of them. And I'm, okay. I'm, I'm kind of listening in on all of them, right, at the same time. And then I started having this moment of like, am I being creepy by listening in? Or is there, or is there, <laughs> or is there reasonable expectation that someone is going to be listening in based on the, the scenario and the setting? We're all sitting around the same table. around the same fucking table. Mm -hmm. And it's very clear that like these people are in conversation and this cat here is not, do, not, not in, engaging in anyone's conversation. So is it reasonable yeah. to think that this guy is just listening in on everything? Or sure. is it creepy that I did? You're connected through proximity. You're technically connected as long as you can hear it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I went with. <laughs> yeah. So I felt yeah. a little I mean, less it creepy. Can, it, it can be creepy. I mean, is your intention to be creepy? You know, I think it would have been creepy thoughts? if I suddenly if, if I suddenly jumped in the conversation. That might have been sure. a little creepy, right? But anyway, sorry. Shit, that yeah, I'm so creepy. People... I do that all the time. Like people have yeah, conversations. People have be having. Do you these apologize? So, sorry, I was yeah. listening in. Yeah, I'm like, oh, sorry, I overheard this, and I just like I stick my nose. Anyone right ever in. look at you and like fuck off? Probably. I but probably, that's less yeah. creepy, right? If you say like sorry, but I. You know, you get a little buffer there. I overheard this in. conversation. Now let me give mm. my unsolicited opinion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I have 100% done that. <laughs> but I love these conversations with, with massage therapy stuff and all the philosophy piece that no one ever thinks about, right? We don't yeah. think about oh, this man. shit. And I think it's I think it's cool to bring it to bring it up because then maybe you start to think about the way you operate a little bit differently or you at least analyze the way you operate and then you start to throw it into different categories mm -hmm. of this is something that I would like to keep and this is something that I need to reconsider and this is something that I just need to get rid of. And you might not have done it unless you fucking heard the three of us yammer about nonsense. And that's sure. the cool part, man. That's the cool part. That's where the magic the cool happens part. in the nonsense. You got to let go, free thought, just let everything flow. And then, uh, you know, there will be some things said that, you know, nobody really had the intention to say, but then boom, you know, somebody's going to hear it and like have that aha moment. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Well, is that, Can is you that plan an aha moment? No, absolutely. Are you not. sure? You no can't way. plan an aha moment for somebody else. So. You can't make someone else. Oh, for somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you meant for yourself. No, no, no. <laughs> no, well, you you might be able to for yourself. But you, do you, do, yeah, you can plan an aha moment. Do you ever plan aha moments? Oh. My intent here is to bring some aha moments. Let me think about this. <laughs> Let me think about this. Do you ever plan an aha moment? I don't know. I don't maybe. plan anything. So maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I sometimes, don't I don't even, sometimes I don't even know how I'm getting home. I don't know what route I'm going to take it, like, <laughs> until I start driving. That is actually very true. Anytime we drive up north, I never know where he's going to turn. It's always a new route. Sometimes I play the red light sometimes game. Sometimes I'm not even sure <laughs> if like we're going the right direction The red anymore. light game. The red light game is awesome. Perfect. It's because you just don't want to stop Perfect. moving. So you hit a red light and I'm gonna go right. I'm into <laughs> I mean, it. You I'm might end up it. surprise <laughs> yourself sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you might end up driving in a big rectangle. You might, but you might also end up in a really cool place. Life is an adventure. 
<laughs> so John, we talked about the the start of the episode that the reason that we became connected with you is you started this Facebook group. So this I really yes. want to touch on because I thought it was really interesting like that like this, some of the stuff that I was seeing you post, you know, you wanted people to like share stories and share ideas and share techniques. And I was like, huh, this is really interesting. Like the group yeah. itself seems to be more of like just a place for like RMTs to hang or RMTs, CMTs, LMTs, all you guys yeah. just to hang out. So I yes. wanted to find out like, when did the idea of the group come to you? What was the intent of it? Where's it going? Yeah. Yeah. So I think this, you know, ties into the, a good segue from philosophy. So I, I do just based on my personal experience with receiving massage, have a philosophy that, um, you know, consistency and regularity will uh, produce results and, you know, what better group and community to practice in, but within the massage therapy community. I mean, everybody already does massage. Everybody already has, you know, somewhat of an intention to heal, whether it be like just doing a Swedish massage, which is great. I mean, I would love to receive that often. Uh, and I would also love to receive some like deep reconstructive work, focused work, really get into the anatomy and kinesiology. You know, I'd love to do that whole spectrum. And I think, you know, if we can do that more regularly, I would love to see that happen throughout life uh, on a regular basis uh, as a form of, of healthcare. Not necessarily like you need to, but have the opportunity uh, with no barriers. Uh, no barriers of cost, uh, as, uh, you know, yeah, which is a big, a big idea. And, but I do think it's possible. I mean, if we could afford all the other crazy stuff that we spend money on as a culture, we could definitely afford to take care of ourselves. Oh, we can definitely afford to take care of ourselves. It's priorities, right? It's interesting to me, like, when I was actually in university studying kinesiology, when I was in massage school, I remember having conversations with other classmates and saying, isn't it interesting how little people know about their own body? Like how your right. own body, like you're, that is so low on the priority list of like things you want to understand and know about yet. Yep. Like this is your forever home and we just, <laughs> it's fine. We'll figure it out. No big deal. Sure. <laughs> sure. Sure, it seemed yeah, very definitely. strange to me. I get it. I was in that same boat for a long time. And then like my whole world changed once I got into this industry. I discovered, you know, all of the anatomy where I think prior to becoming a massage therapist, I could really care less about anatomy. And I don't even know why that was. You know, there's a mechanic right now that's saying the same thing about you. They're like, don't you want to fucking know what, how your car works? I mean, you're in it all the time. You, you it's put, a machine. You, you, not you, everybody has cars. Time, but everybody has a body. Your mechanic. <laughs> and they're like, you know, you put yourself in danger every day going into this machine that could fucking kill you. And you don't even know how to fucking make it work properly. You don't know what to right. look for if it breaks down. Like, you don't know this I'm stuff. I'm sure there's a mechanic saying that. Yeah. I'm just saying, to me, it will always be fascinating that your body which you can't go anywhere without like it's it's literally where you live and <laughs> you can't go anywhere without it not everybody has a car like i i get it that there's different professions that can't believe that you know other people right. don't understand this shit i don't think that anybody needs to understand the body to the level that a massage therapist or a physiotherapist or a doctor or a kinesiologist like i don't think everybody needs to understand it to that level but for example when you're having like a spasm in a muscle or you have a tight muscle i it still boggles my mind that there's certain people that don't even really understand. Like if I were to say to someone like, Oh, you know, just stre stretch your quads. They're like, what? 
Where is that? Is it in my yeah. arm? What? Like just you mean my some, IT band? Some hmm. basic things. Like I feel like <laughs> I feel like there should be a, at least a basic understanding of body and body awareness, which I I just don't feel like there is. Uh, it yeah. probably happens somewhere in elementary school and gets lost somewhere in early high school. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because right. you, you you probably learned something like that in, in sure some sort of elementary something. school health class, right? In grade yeah. six, you know, that type of thing. But I think they focus a little stuff. more on health now and maybe maybe not maybe they did when i was a kid but i feel keep, like how to keep your daughter off the pole is that, is that where they concentrated what I don't, know. <laughs> don't they concentrate a lot about sex ed and shit like that i don't know now I, 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 I don't know i'm asking um i know I, nothing about school systems uh we'll i guess we'll see our our oldest daughter is going to grade three and i know last year she definitely learned where babies come from because she told me where she came from and i was like yep you're right that's absolutely wow. where you came from in grade three grade two Grade two. grade two. Yeah. What? Seems a little early. Yeah. She told me where she where <laughs> she came from. I was like, yep, you sure did. And so Mark walked into the conversation. I said, so, you know, she was just telling us um, where babies come from. And so she reiterated it to him and he was like, yep, that's true. I watched it happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was actually there. I was there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I guess they do learn that quite young. I don't know how young we were when we learned about that. I don't know. I really don't know. I I feel like it was definitely like fifth grade middle school for me. That's when they started really pumping the the uh, sex education. But apparently they're crazy over here in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, everything's different everywhere. Uh, you know, even with massage therapy, you guys uh, really have so much more education and uh, so much more uh, established. I think um, policy seems like it anyway. Yeah, I would say that's the case. Yeah, yeah. It definitely feels real loose here in california <laughs> but that's uh, i mean there's a, there's a there's a time and place for everything i guess right and so that 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 works out but you guys have your you guys have massive amounts of continuing education mm-hmm. right so yeah but it's not necessary uh, no i totally no get that you require but i i love i love the variety of continuing ed that you guys have and, and that uh, that to me stems from having like a very short program you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then the need to have, like, I need to have something more. I need to learn something more. I need to, I need to learn this. Sure, I need sure, to learn sure. that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So it really feeds into the, the CE business. I get, but you, you're, re- you seem like a really fucking positive, outgoing dude. What do you hate most about this profession? <sighs> I hate most about the profession. I knew this. Oof. He was going to have a hard time answering this. <laughs> I try to be as positive as yeah, possible. Yeah, you know? that's why I'm asking. I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a dark road to go down. Um, no, I think um, there's a, there's a, there is a time and a place for everything. And I, I know you said that. And I think with even, uh, you know, massage therapists who are doing the best they can with the information that they have and still like are doing harm, for instance. I mean, I did a, a couple's massage one time when I was working for this very large corporate place. And um, I was working on the, the wife and my other female massage therapist was working on the husband. We were, you know, trying to coordinate to, you know, end at the same time and all this kind of stuff. Right. And, you know, I saw her just kind of take her elbow and just dig it right into the you know, uh, IT band, vastus lateralis, you know, really just like point into IT band and then just kind of grind away at this guy's, uh, uh, why, why did you, and she was like, this is, this is, this is what's supposed to happen. This is good for you. The guy was squirming around and he was like, ah, this is like painful. She's like, yeah, it's, it's good. It's loosening up the muscle. And like genuinely she believed it. And I'm just sitting there like, you know, doing some good stuff on the other side, like, you know, thinking to myself, like, wow, she's, 
she's really going at it. And this is what she believes is really good. Mm. So is she doing something wrong in that instance? You know, probably because of her own lack of uh, 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 intention for, you know, further, I think, education. But there is a time and a place because that guy is probably going to take that experience, hopefully go on to to someone else and then be able to communicate that. And they'll be able to tell him actually that that wasn't supposed to happen. But everybody needs a, a certain level to work with, right? Not everybody's able to receive the best therapist in the world where they are. Um, you know, I have every intention to help every person who comes in to my door as much as possible. And we begin with just laying down that foundation of like, what is it that you need? How can we, you know, communicate through it? Let's walk through the process. And uh, still, uh, you know, some people just want no communication and, and just uh, want to refer to, you know, light, medium and hard pressure, as opposed to talking about the muscle tissue. So, you know, wherever you land is where you're supposed to be. And you'll find the person that you're looking for when you when you're ready. Mm -hmm. I want to get back to the group. But I don't know why John's story just made me think of this. <laughs> I want I want you guys to weigh in on this. So I I treated a patient today and I work super, super part time. So this particular person, um, I have another therapist that I refer people to when I just can't fit them in my schedule. So she comes in here a yeah. couple times a week and she treats my people. So this particular patient saw her last week and um, said, is there any chance I can get in with Amanda next week? Like, I'd love to kind of like see you guys alternating weeks. And so I found a spot for her. And when I was talking to her, you know, like I kind of I, I read the other therapist notes, but I also said like, OK, where did you guys leave off? What do you want me to sort of focus on today? And she mm -hmm. said, oh, she told me that I should. Um, she told me that you have a special technique to work on the TFL. So I'd like you to focus on that. And I was genuinely confused because I'm like. Like, what does she think this special technique is that I have to work? Like, I, I had no idea what she was talking about. In that moment, I was like, do I act surprised? Do I just say like, oh, yeah, OK, that's fine. I was like, I don't know how to react right now because I was so genuinely confused. You know what that, you know what that is? That's this is my guess. The therapist didn't, didn't want to do didn't it. Didn't want to work. Didn't want to work that area. Was like, I'm not. I'm not doing this. So She's you like, know, Amanda has a special yeah, technique. Amanda, Ask her to you, do you it. You gotta see Amanda for this one. I was that like, sounds I, about that, right? I was like, this is fishy because I don't know what she's talking about. I'm like, Shh. so right. I, so I ended up just saying, I was like, absolutely, I can work on your TFLs. I was like, both sides are a problem. Both. You want me to do both? Okay, sure, I can both do that. And did you did you announce when the right. special thing was happening? No, I did not. I just said to her, I'm like, hey, I'm going to work on your on your TFL now because that was requested. <laughs> like, it was right. so weird. And, and this is the special thing. I, was like, I have no <laughs> special technique. Like, uh, she's expecting magic right now and I don't have it. Is it a two, two hour session? Half, half? TFL. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> anyway, back to the group. Yeah, you so you you kind of told yes, me yes. like, you know, the whole philosophy piece of it. But what are you yeah. what are you hoping to get out of this? Like or, or like what kind of engagement are you looking for from the people in the group? I'm looking for people to benefit from uh, each other. It's just about bringing people together for the purpose. I mean, once you set an intention, I think the intention for this group was to like, you know, bring people together for um, uh, sharing techniques like i said there's plenty of people who post about their um you know techniques or events or, i have a special tfl uh, technique 
Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I hope you'd post to the group right. just that, you know, share that information. There's plenty of people with hurt TFLs out there oh, who really yeah. need that. Oh, yeah. So, um, but uh, I think as a larger organism, the industry of massage therapy can have a greater impact uh, on the general public than um, we do as individuals. And often, I think, at least in my experience, uh, the progression is graduate, um, go work for a corporate place, do the private contractor, possibly make your own clinic, maybe do a school. And it's all this individual type of thing. And maybe you meet some people to bring into the school. But as a larger organism, I mean, there's plenty, there's thousands and thousands of massage therapists. If we can come together and agree that um, maybe we should get together and do more massage on each other, learn from each other, grow, like what is the potential impact? Uh, if we can, you know, make some policy change and get incorporated uh, into a more um, medically driven uh, environment. And at least, you know, I think that for my microcosm uh, in, in California, I would love to see more massage therapists in a medical setting in hospitals, you know, better represented, not just the spa techniques, but results driven, real manual therapy. I really like that. And I like the whole idea of sharing techniques and learning from each other. I had this thought the other night, maybe I was stoned, I don't know. But I had this thought the other <laughs> night, Probably. in in every profession, yes, there's, there's really, really great people. And there's not so great people. Of course, we know yep. that, yep. right. But I had this thought about how stupid well, you look a as a therapist, like when somebody comes into you and they're telling you like, oh, you know, this practitioner told me this, this practitioner told me this. And it's like, everybody is disagreeing. I'm like, as a profession, we look like dingbats. Like, why yeah. can nobody agree on anything? Right. Yeah. And I know that happens everywhere. Right. But I like the idea of, you know, let's try to help each other. And the people who maybe are missing the mark and don't know that you don't fucking jam your electron process into somebody's TFL. Like, let's let's educate these people. Let's make yeah. things a little bit better so that as a profession, we don't look like a bunch of dingbats. <laughs> And also be like gentle about it. I mean, obviously somebody in that situation is doing the best that they can with the information that they have. And um, maybe they'll be the greatest massage therapist ever later down the road, but it's not going to be by chastising somebody or shaming somebody in that growth process. Thank you for saying that too. Cause that was the second part of the, the thought process that I had was I I really dislike, and maybe it is an ego thing, but I dislike the therapist that is happy to tear down somebody else's work. Like when somebody comes yeah. into me and says, oh, my physio said this or that or the other, I'm not looking to say to them, your physio's an idiot. Like that's the right. last thing I want to do, right? It's like, okay, I see where they were going with that. I'm going to try a slightly different approach. You know what I mean? Like I don't yep. want to make the other practitioner look stupid because as you said, they probably were doing the best they can with what they had. And if my my thought process is different based on the assessments I did and the observations I made. And also we have to remember patients are humans and sometimes they give different practitioners different information. Like I've yep. seen that happen too, where somebody tells me one thing and then they say, Oh, I went to so-and-so and they gave me this stretch because of this, that, and the other. And I was like, well, you didn't tell me that. Like I never knew that information. I didn't even have that to work and, with. And that patient might be presenting right. very different when exactly. they're seeing the physio day to day to seeing you. Exactly. So, so I hate and I, I know I keep using such strong words today, yeah, but I really, really, okay, I strongly dislike. Lots of passion in the air. 
there, I, <laughs> but this really, really does bother me. And it's that therapist that sits on the high horse that is mm. so excited when they get to say, like, look how much better I am than everybody else you've been to. Like, as a therapist, I don't I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to feel like I'm better than everybody else you've been to. I'm happy if I can help you. But again, I feel like collectively it's making us all look like nobody really knows that we're doing. It. It's a big fucking guessing game. That's not good. Yeah, I think as an individual, I am only as good of a massage therapist as the the um, least experienced and least educated massage therapist. And what I do in all of these massage therapy groups is just put out the invitation for newer therapists to whatever, like whatever issue that you are having as a massage therapist, whether it's confidence, marketing, um, you know, communication, how to reach out to people. Uh, I'm not better than them. I'm still learning. And I want to learn from them and I want to learn actually how to support them. That is my goal as a massage therapist now is like, do you have an issue that can be solved? Can I help with that issue? Or can I connect you with somebody who has uh, an, an answer for that issue? Mm-hmm. Um, that is where I'm trying to position myself now. I'm going to play off of what Amanda just said and something that I dislike. I won't use the word hate. And I, I fully understand the premise of what someone's saying, but I hate the way it sounds. Oh, I just said it. <laughs> I'm just trying to be less wrong. I can't stand that. I understand what you're saying, but I can't stand that. Because to me, that sounds like I know I'm wrong. I know I'm doing wrong. I'm just trying to be less wrong. It's weird to sure. me, but I totally understand what you're saying. But I gotta, I, you, please find a different it's a way. Weird to, choice please of find a different yeah. way to say that. I'm just trying to be less wrong. In other words, I acknowledge what I'm doing here is incorrect. But that's not mm-hmm. what you're saying. But that's the way it sounds. Yeah. So can we find a different way to say that? Yeah. I know what you're saying and I agree with what you're saying, but what you're, the words that you're using to express this doesn't come off the way you think it does. No, it, it, it's, it, that's, that's, that's my latest thing that I'm like, Oh guys, come on. Can we collectively find a different way to say this? Collectively. It's a growing process. It's a growing process. Accepting, I think, you know, where we are as a, as an, as an industry and it's going to be different from, you know, what province to province and, and state to state, mm-hmm. country yep. to country. Uh, I, I'm so, I think, you know, grateful for the opportunity to be on this podcast. I mean, um, you know, you guys are up in Ontario, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I'm all the way here and down, down here in California and somehow I'm like connecting and we're having this conversation and, you know, we're connected through what massage therapy at this point. And, um, I was unaware of the podcast up until recently, but like, it blew my mind. Like I've been blowing through all the episodes and the fact that, you know, you're, you have such a refreshing take on having guests in and explaining things and really going through the process. It's uh, not only entertaining, but uh, educational. I've learned so much from the guests that you have on, but it's only because of the, the way that you're presenting it. It is not pretentious and you're definitely not, you know, taking yourself, too seriously. I love the amount of profanity. You're right. I like, called myself a dingbat earlier. 
I mean, I don't think I've said fuck on the show yet, but like, yes, I, that I was me- his I first really, fuck. I really meant to meant to throw that in. So it's like this is this is fucking great. <laughs> what you're doing is great. I think for the industry, and I think more people should you know take that take themselves down off that high horse. I think this is this can be a very pretentious industry at times and it doesn't have to be you're right and i i before i i want to give out the name of the group and let people know how to get in touch with you but i do want to say mark john actually recreated the way to say that that i'm just trying to be less wrong what he said is exactly what they're trying to say his response was exactly it is i'm doing the best i can with the information i have i'm going to show you the way and i'm going to treat you using the information i have yes yes and being that transparent with people you don't have to say i'm trying to be less wrong i agree i think it's just i'm going to do what i can for you with the information i have and if i can't i'm going to find somebody who can yeah it makes yeah. Sense. Yeah, definitely. But we have to be connected. We have to be connected in order to do that. Cause I know that there's somebody out there who does have the answer and I want to be connected with them. So that way I can pass that information on. Cause I don't know everything. Definitely. not. And I know nothing. Definitely. <laughs> but I do want to ask yeah. you guys this. <laughs> he agrees. He's like, yeah, this fuck guy. Yeah, I've heard wanna... you say that before. It's, so it's, it's like, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just okay. go. It's just so true. <laughs> um, the one thing that you, Pony John, and then you, Amanda, yeah. want the general public to know about massage that you think they don't know. I think the general public actually knows more about massage than we give them credit for. Um, if there was one thing is that it doesn't always have to be luxury. You know, I think a lot of people still hold on to that mentality where it's like, uh, you know, you I book a massage for my birthday or I deserve a day of pampering. Like, you know, John's story is the perfect example of how massage therapy can actually do so much good in your life and give you breaks from things that, or even if you think you feel great, then you go get a massage. You're like, Oh wait, this is how I could feel all the time. Yeah, I think people just actually realizing that it should be, should be part of your your whole health and wellness regime whatever it is you're doing and it's not luxury i mean yes you want to you want to go and get a luxurious like 200 dollar spa massage on your birthday fucking do it i'm gonna do it too but yeah. you know <laughs> otherwise you it still is something that is it's not luxury it's not you know it's pampering yourself it's not something that you're spoiling yourself you're doing it to take care of yourself so but otherwise, I think actually the public has a pretty good idea of massage. Those who get massage therapy. John. Yeah, I think those who get massage therapy um, understand the potential. Uh, I think, you know, uh, spreading that information, I would love the general public to know that how much potential there actually is and um, that there um, are a lot of therapists out there with the intention to uh get more results than feeling good for an hour or two. Mm. Um, I think there's potential for feeling good for the rest of your life. And I only know that because of my experience. Yeah. And again, collectively as a profession, we can help this along with simple things, right? Like making sure people are put on treatment plans, you know, like acting like the professional in the room saying, I can help you with this and this is how we're going to do it versus like, how is your massage feeling good? When do you want to come back? 
You know what I mean? Just that those small little changes to let people know, like we're actually uh, trying to accomplish goals here. We're not just rubbing your back. Good answers, guys. Good answers. Way to go, team. Way to go, team. Thanks, teach. (laughs) (laughs) So why don't we let John then, um, for people who are listening who want to maybe get a part of this group and share some ideas and meet some cool people across Canada and the States. And I don't know where else. I mean, you might, is your group international? Uh, You know, I mean, you know, not exactly yet, but I I hope so. Uh, One day, that is the intention. And you know, I plan on spending, uh, you know, the rest of my life trying to do this thing. I'm very passionate about um, manual therapy, touch therapy, massage therapy, body work, um, however you want to call it. I'm hyper-focused on this particular med- medium um, of healing, and uh, I'll spend the rest of my life connecting people in this industry. So Amazing. extra life massage therapy, um, uh, check it out on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, all the other social medias. I'll be on TikTok soon, but no dancing. I won't be doing that. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, extra life massage therapy. Uh, I, I hope to make uh, at least a difference in in somebody's life. Uh, so that's that's the goal. Awesome. Right on, well, thank you for inviting us both to the group, and thanks for hanging out on a Wednesday night. Wednesday, Wednesday right? It's Wednesday. <laughs> right on, man. Thanks. Thank a lot. you so much. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace.